Welcome back to the Robin the Regulator show on Fifth Wrist Radio. Um, what comes next? I'm here with Alex, my best friend and co-host, and we've got a special guest, Bradley Taylor from Bradley Taylor Watches in Canada. Yes. How's it going? Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Hey, welcome. <laughs> Um, it's been so long since I've done an intro, I probably fluffed it. But anyway, that's Alex's job to edit all that. That was a really good intro, I thought. That was it. It's you fluffed it, them all, Rob. You fluffed yeah. them all. It's consistent. It's consistent not consistent fluffing. unless I fluff it. Yeah, that's okay. I've got to say, Bradley getting in touch um, after our last show was the quickest a uh, uh, watch brand has ever contacted me since I said that <laughs> had some of their parts made in China. <laughs> and you just got in slightly quicker. Did you say that? That's a, that's amazing. Yeah. And you contacted me directly rather than a legal team. So yeah, well, well done on that. Well, I, I talked I talked to my lawyer, and uh, they said it wouldn't be worth pursuing. So yeah, it definitely wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it's worth pursuing. But um, yeah. we, we, we didn't we didn't really badmouth that much, really. We, 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 we no, actually, I was right. We I was I was impressed. I mean, watchmakers are. I'm not going to say the most positive people in the world. Um, <laughs> like all I do is find problems and things. I'm sure you guys are similar. Um, I was uh, I was impressed how how well I did with you guys. Uh, well, now, now obviously we've got we get all we can get all your your your, your response basically. Um, I guess most people listening to this would have heard listen to our last one. And yeah, your your company your name popped up and we discussed it briefly. Well, we discussed it. Not at length, but uh, a little bit, bits and pieces. But we'd like—I'd like to get your whole your story before before we go into your actual current brand, your brand. Uh, I don't know whether Alex has got any other ideas, but just a bit of your background would be interesting. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I um, I remember listening to your podcast a while ago, and I wasn't sure if it was you that mentioned about Henrik Corpella. Would have been Michael, probably. Probably. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a while. I I, uh, I don't listen to the right. podcast anymore. So I studied under Henrik Corpella, who's an incredible watchmaker. He used to teach at Woe Step Complications, and then he was disappointed with how uh, things were going more towards what the manufacturers wanted and not what he thought would make good watchmakers. Uh, I, I first heard about his school, and I was, uh, I was in school for business, and I just took apart a Seiko Monster, and I fell in love with it. I just I couldn't, I couldn't believe anything could be that interesting and that tiny, and I loved working with my hands. I, my whole life, I've just been fixing things, and... And taking apart everything I'm hands on. What year are we talking here, Bradley? Roughly. Oh, take taking stuff apart since I've been like five or six years. No, but the, the monster say. Oh, the monster. I think we're talking 2010. Okay. 2011. I'm I'm the worst person with dates, but it was it was a while ago. Shortly after that, I started applying to schools online. I actually went on Watch You Seek, and I made a thread about trying to find a watchmaking school. And the assistant at the school reached out to me with an assistant teachers, professors. Um, and he said, you contact my, uh, contact Henrik. And then I went over for a 21 day bench test, which was incredibly challenging. They just handed me a piece of, uh, basically eighth of inch steel or three millimeter steel and gave me a jeweler saw and asked me to cut through like a six inch section. I think just to see if I would, or if I, if I just say, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and, and I did it. I, I was singing to myself the whole time going crazy. It took, I think five hours. <laughs> And I went, I went through 25 saw blades <laughs> and, uh, I guess they're like, okay, this guy's, uh, he's dedicated enough and they, uh, they accepted me. And then I spent, uh, three, three years basically there. Wow. Just studying independent watchmaking. 
And that brought you up to what, a couple of years ago or, or, or more recent? Yeah. So afterwards, I got a job at a authorized service center for Patek Philippe and Hublot, and basically like a multi-brand uh, service center. And I got certification from Patek Philippe, which was an incredible experience, as well as Hublot, which is definitely my best accolade. <laughs> um, no, but 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 the trainer uh, is incredible. He's an incredible guy. But the, the Patek experience was incredible. It was a month long um, and in incredibly demanding. Yeah, in, in Geneva. Yeah, and, and they come over and they watch you while you're working with a clipboard, basically. And they just take <laughs> notes on you while you're while you're learning the movements and going through the processes. Wow. So, yeah, that, that's... um. Uh, I've interviewed with uh, Patek a few times, but I've never done a bench test with them. I don't know how it would be. I think it would be quite daunting, probably. Their their standards are very high for after-sales service. No matter how good you are, it takes one thing to go wrong, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> you were working for uh, the, the service agent in Canada then, I take it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in, in Toronto, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I did that for about two, two and a half years, I believe. And then my friend used to work, uh, friend Charles Birchall, used to work for Roger Smith on the Isle of Man. He ended up coming back. I think the, the lifestyle was challenging, being a single young guy in the Isle of Man. <laughs> and we started talking and, and saying, like, you know, now is the only time we're going to be able to try and do our own thing. And we're young. And the pieces, finally, they fell together. And, and we started um, a small watch company called Birchall & Taylor. We had a lot of success. We ended up selling about 35 watches over our, over our three-year our time. And... Yeah, it went really well, but we, we had some challenges because we expanded right before the pandemic. We yeah, just got yeah. a 2,000-square-foot workshop, and we had outfitted it, and we were counting on sales. And we had we had a decent number of orders, and then we had a bunch of cancellations the first couple months when things started to fall apart. And we're sitting there with this huge workshop. Uh, we had just hired someone as well. It was just a series Tough. of unfortunate events in a way. Yeah, yeah. I, I ended up uh, being able to take the work that I've been doing on the next watch and then launch it under my own name, which is what you see with the Paragon. So I spent the last almost two years at developing it and prototyping, putting everything together. And then finally, uh, now it's finished. You build it and then, and then, and then you, um, useless podcasters just diss it or, or, or talk about it. And, <laughs> and... <laughs> imagine that, Can you imagine that three years and then you're like, these couple of idiots. It's scary. I, I, it's really scary. I think it was you, Rob, who was talking about, Rob, were you talking about starting your own thing eventually? Uh, yeah, yeah, more and more, more and more. Uh, I don't know why I have it already, but that's that's another story. Um, but maybe, possibly, yes, uh, yes. It was yeah, never. you should. But it, it's scary. Yeah, um, yeah I, you, you I, spend that's why I so much time designing, <laughs> and then and then you'll, you'll get like some comment. And I remember this one guy on, on a forum, and he's like, uh, "Well, this this should be at the Aura's price point." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, let me dig in a little deeper. And I clicked on his post history and he's like, hey, guys, I just bought my first luxury watch, an Oris. And, like, <laughs> okay. and you're judging a, like a watch. that <laughs> there, There's criticism that I think is great. And I think every watch can be criticized. Like I, that's what I love to do. But there's also some I'm like, you're not qualified at that point. Does that mean we are qualified? We're not either. Being critical? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, look, 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 we can all we can all get together and throw rocks at somebody else later on, some other brand. But I mean, <laughs> and we're not that qualified. But you are open yourself up to massive judgment, basically, aren't you? And of that's, course, that's what's yeah, yeah. The biggest step, I think. But let's get let's get we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Firstly, we uh, we do a, a drink check on this show, as you probably listen, drink check and a wrist check. I, I am familiar. Yeah. Are you uh, excellent? Well done, Rob, for remembering. Uh, Very uh, impressed. Yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. <laughs> Um, I didn't actually, I didn't word him up before, so he's uh, done his own homework, which is great. What are you drinking, Bradley? So I kept uh, it Canadian tonight. Uh, there is a rated whiskey of the year, uh, but I forget the gentleman's name. It's an Alberta Premium, and it's a cask strength rye. It sold out almost immediately. And then when I moved out west to Vancouver, my, my friend messaged me. He's like, you know, they have stocks still, still there. So I walked in the store, and they said one per customer. Uh, so I bought one and then I, I changed my mask and I went back in and bought another. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then you sent someone else into my own. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Actually my, my girlfriend did go in after and buy me another one. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I didn't know. Well, I, I mean, it's part of the course, I guess I didn't, didn't, hadn't even thought about whiskey over there, but yeah, why not? I thought you were going to say maple syrup when you said you're what? going to keep it Canadian. <laughs> you're going to have a pint of maple syrup or something, or maybe yeah, a shot of nothing, vodka. Nothing there, wrong but... with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they got cocktails with maple syrup in them. Oh, yeah. I make them all the time. Okay. <laughs> Did you harvest your own maple syrup as well out in the woods? No, got... no. <laughs> I'm not that Canadian, but me, I'd not like Hardcore. To. Okay. Yeah. It's too busy making watches. Alex, what about you? We'll do we'll drinks, drinks, all drinks first, and then we'll get on to what we're wearing. Well, I went up the street earlier and I purchased a case of Uncle Kenny's amazing. Oh, you it was, didn't! It was on special at Dan Murphy's. So I have excellent tepid wakichangi. <laughs> tepid, which is quite hot there, is it? I mean, we've seen this before. It's quite warm over here compared to where you are. I imagine Bradley. It's kind of a yeah, the heart of our summer, really. So you've got a beer, a good beer, but a sort of a tepid beer. Because right. I hadn't had time to chill since I got it back from the shop. So. But it's still is that an uh, Australian brand? It's New Zealand. It's it actually wrong? a New Zealand ah. brand, yeah. We're going to buy it out, but um, it's New Zealand brand for the moment. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> it's, it's something I, I discovered months and months ago, and I started talking about it, and then since then we've just not stopped talking about it, really. It's like our official, unofficial beer. Is that yeah. the one you guys tried to get sponsored by? I remember you guys yeah. mentioned yeah, something. That's the one. That. We, yeah. We're still trying. Well, your message is getting out there. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I bet you can't find it yet where you are, but you never know. No, not yet. Well, look, I'm glad one of us is drinking Wacker Changi because I'm not. I normally say Wacker Changi the word about 10 times. I like just saying Wacker Changi, Wacker Changi, but <laughs> I'm not. I, I, and I've gone off. I've gone off alcohol a bit. You, you've inspired me, Alex, when you had your little dry period. And, and I've um, yeah. decided I need to get fit. I've got a bit of a fitness thing um, and I've stopped drinking so much beer and I'm going to have drinking beers tonight. So I'm just on a... Uh, Campari orange, which is kind of lame. It's kind of health drink. Well, it's kind of health. The, the orange part's healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one year five a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's that's chilled straight out. Of, straight out of the freezer. Chucked it in. So it's it's nice and cool. It's a bit different. I don't know if I've had a Campari orange. I probably have on the show, but I'd like to mix it up. You know. Anyway, what are we wearing, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 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 rocking the the obvious. Uh, my own watch. Uh, I've got a light blue. paragon. Paragon on there, yeah. Right. How many have been made of Paragons? So I just have. It's actually a prototype. Right. Okay. So I haven't made any real pieces yet. I'm. I'm still actually setting up my workshop. I don't know if you guys have moved watchmaking workshops before, but it's <laughs> like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You never find anything ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in the process of doing that, and um, 
yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but is that the gray dial one? Yeah, so it's actually a light blue dial. All oh, right, right. Okay. It's a really pale blue. And uh, so I've made a purple one and a light blue one. Yes. Uh, mostly for photographs. And then I'm going to like work on the production in about, I'm hoping in three weeks I can start working on oh, it. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. And how is it planned? How many do you plan to make or how many orders do you have? Is that, is, is that confidential or do you feel free to make? No, no. So I, I've sold uh, just over half of them, which is amazing. I, uh, like I couldn't be more grateful because I mean, like I've, I've been trying to make a living uh, doing watchmaking on my own, like not servicing, but actually making and creating. And since I left the service center, just trying to actually make something that, you know, because Birchall and Taylor, we really just, we focused on just building the company and, and investing everything back in. And uh, yes. that's what I'm also going to do on my own, of course. But to have this much success right off the bat, I mean, I just made a couple posts on Instagram and then I, ha- I talked to a few journalists and uh, it's, a, it's a lot of trust, right? Like people don't know who I am. And they wire me half the money. It's a, it's a lot of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so it's early, it's early days still. That's great. It's, I mean, it's a it's, it's yeah. It's, it's been well. amazing. I, I mm. I've been uh, I, I couldn't be happier with how it's going. But don't, let's not get carried. Let me hold that thought, uh, Alex. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I am wearing my one independent watch. I'm wearing my Calibra Design Indicator. Beautiful with its stunning blued hands and blue hand zero or hands. Hands. It's got two hands. Oh, it's got second of the office. Okay, okay. Yeah. Are you aware? Are you are you familiar with that brand, Bradley? No, I'm not. I'm actually looking it up right now. I remember you talked about it. Uh, you compared the hands of my watch with that watch. You know, like a dial indicator, like for measuring. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That reminds me exactly on. like that. I I love that. Yeah. It reminds me of that that Italian brand would used used uh, Manometro or whatever it's called. They use a. Oh yeah, more... that was a cool brand. Yeah, so I sort of feel that's at one point. Um, okay. Very, very good. Are you enjoying it still? Is the honeymoon period still going strong? Alex? I think I'll go for it. I think it will go forever. It's such a just unique, stunning watch. Yeah. And just having the connection to the watchmaker, albeit through our friend mm-hmm. Roman, who did all the kind of Russian to English translations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just really, yeah, it's really, really cool. It is really it. cool. It's a cool, it's what's, cool. The, uh, what's the case size on that? 38. Oh, nice. They do, a, oh, yeah. I think they do like a 44. Four as well. Yeah, thirty-eight's the way to go, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, perfect. for for your wrist size, for me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely Alex's wrist size. Definitely um, for my wrist size. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, uh, chunky wrist. What have you got on? Chunky wrist. I've got chunky wrist. Come on, don't don't don't. That's, that's an insult to chunky wrist. I'm um I'm just wearing the the Haybring jumping seconds. Um, from Richard and Maria. Nice. The, 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 it's a pilot watch, dark dial, matte dial. Beautiful. I mean, I haven't worn it for a while. I've got a, I chucked another strap on it to try something else. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm enjoying it again. I'm, I haven't, it's been lost in one of my drawers for months, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's a, it's a decent little independent brand. I like what they do. It's very basic, classic. I mean, well, yeah, classic as far as pilot watch goes. Um, yeah, I, I love flying seconds. Flying or uh, okay, you call them jumping, flying, jumping, or, not, or not like a food uh, like No, yeah, no, it's not a food No, this is a jumping, just to stop like uh, dead seconds, basically. So it looks like a quartz. This one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah oh, I've seen that one. That one's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Sorry, I, I thought like you were talking about well. like a flying seconds or food. Yeah, so that's my accent. Sorry. Uh, no, um, <laughs> I like flying seconds too, but uh, no, this is just a. Yeah, it's funny because it's, it's based on the big old at seven seven fifty movement. 
just because of the gear, just because of the barrel juice and the gear train, um, gear, basic gear train, but it's no Connor and people sort of, it's, it's confusing yeah, I think people. they use the Valdrange movement on that. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I mean, I'd, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the um, version without the chrono. It's, it's a. Yeah. But the, as far as I'm aware that with well, some of them, this is the, the early ones. They just did, had the seven, seven fifty gear train, everything, the, the whole chrono movement, but just took out the chrono and, and replaced it. And put the, oh, put, the okay. put the dead seconds uh, escapement in there basically. So it's like the second escapement. It's, quite, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of funky. Nice. Um, it's a sleeper. People think it's a quartz. That's good. Um, anyway, so that's it. That's drinks and watches. Now we can go back to the real story. What did we want to go through, Alex? So you, you, you've, have you got your, your notes there about what we talked about? Because I threw mine notes. Well, well, I made some notes. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, okay. The only man's got notes. Let him go. <laughs> no, no. You may ask us questions, and we're really in trouble. Um, yeah, I mean that's I guess, what's happening here, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I would just like a kind of uh, you to talk us through the kind of process of starting up your own brand. And I know you obviously had the the thing previously with, with your friend, and this is a, an extension of that or a continuation of that. But even back then, like what's the the process like when you're creating a brand like this, when you're not making everything yourself, I guess, imagine you're trying to tell Rob step-by-step through it and the kind of pitfalls and the the pros and cons of of starting up your own brand. Yeah, for sure. Because I think, especially now more than ever, there's such a obsession with in-house. And with all the time I spend in Switzerland, I lock and learning about all the brands and how they started. I mean, even you look at the Rolex Daytona um, with the Valju 72 movement, and that's one of the most collectible ones, I I believe, right? like this tendency to obsess over everything made in house, like it's definitely sexy, like to say you make every part of your watch, but there's also a mix that I found myself most attracted to, which was offering the absolute best quality and then not having to charge $50,000 for it. There's obviously priorities that I've made too. Like in my case, the hands and the dial, I think are the absolute best quality you can find anywhere. And that's not to say the rest of my components are are bad, but like what I've what I've made the choice is that like I'm not going to learn dial making right off the bat. Uh, I I have Kari's email, I have Complement's contact, um, we have a relationship, and I can talk to them and create. I can design. I can focus on designing something to my vision, and then send it to them and have them execute an incredible dial that requires machinery. Like the numerals on my dial are individually machined. Um, The the cutter that they use for that is, I believe, just over five hundredths of a millimeter in diameter. To have a machine accurately pilot that around, you're looking at six figures, likely much more, without breaking the the end mill. So, and then also the knowledge and know how to to color the dial properly with the galvanization and um, just to execute it properly and and worry about making things that no one else can make properly and to, to my belief uh and, and in that case it was the hands because i talked to a bunch of companies companies that make parts for uh the best brands you could possibly name and i ordered some hands i sent them my design they sent it back and i, I couldn't believe what i received it was awful <laughs> um like there was they did a, a black coating over it and you could actually see the milling marks under the black coating on a set of hands so it's not even like I could refinish them and then 
they'd be good. No, I, I polish off the coating. So what I did, and then every conversation where I mentioned purple, when it came to tempering the hands, it was an immediate, no, like you want blue, we can do blue. Um, you want purple? No, we, we can't guarantee it. So, uh, then I spent a long, long time, uh, developing the process to make purple hands. Uh, but so basically my philosophy is if like, if I can, if I can have someone and work with them to create part of my watch and it be better than what I could do right now, then that's what I'm going to do. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to yeah. learn dial making in the future. It doesn't mean like I do have plans to take on more and, and eventually do more movement componentry, but I'm not going to do it if it's at any disadvantage to my clients just to say that I made it. That's the kind of, I guess that's the, the thing that you need to get across to people because people are a bit kind of blinded by the in-house thing at, at a certain point you have to decide do i want to make a watch that is in my vision of what a watch should be like or do i want to make something that's like the best i can do just now and but then you might not sell any <laughs> any watches if you're just going to cobble together a, a dial or cobble together a case or whatever. So I, I don't actually mind not to, to be too nice to you after all the bad mouthing we did on the previous episode, but I don't <laughs> mind the kind of idea of doing things in stages and building on that because that's what lots of other people do and lots of the guests we've had on our various podcast shows. Sometimes people, they make a dial or they make a case and they're still watchmakers, but they're kind of building up to it you can't kind of start off at the absolute pinnacle you need to you do need to build up to it yeah exactly well i remember i drove uh eight hours round trip to buy a kiln and our last brand we had a lot of enamel dials and i was and i we spent the day with a geneva enamel dial maker and he showed us all of his tricks it was an incredible experience and i had this ambition to make dials and then i started making a few and then i realized like I know the people at Donze Cadouin and I can send them my design and it will come back and look much better than what I'll be able to make in probably a year of practice. I mean, they have how many years of knowledge and experience. So it, be, it became this question of like, I want to make more in-house and I will, uh, but it will come at a point where it's something that I either can't get anywhere else or it's just as good. I, I, don't, I don't actually see that. Yeah, there's not much advantage of, of going into it because it just takes each one of these it's a it's a um a mitya it's it, it's it's a what do you call it you know a trade you have to learn a trade yeah. dial making is just a full a full-on yeah you know it takes years and years to make a good dial that's why obviously i I'm working with someone like gary it's 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 the best he's, he's got the compliment is, is one of the best i mean i think it's a perfect perfect solution especially at the start and even if you or you keep stick with them i mean you know there's no shame in that yeah yeah it's it's and I like the design of the, the the dial itself. Just just a little bit of gear sheet. You don't need you don't need over the top. I think it's it's nice. And talking with someone like Gary and oh, maybe, I mean you know the compliment guys that they got so much experience. Why, why would you? I don't see why you'd actually bother unless you wanted to do something special or you want to do a limited edition of of, of some enamel or whatever. Yeah, sure. Exactly. But it's, yeah. but it's a whole new ball game. It's a can of worms. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a time and effort and, and investment. You know, so it's just makes sense makes sense to use but i think you should maybe you should highlight uh it actually and i'm actually not, i'm not going to tell you how to what tell your job as well <laughs> on, um, actually, that's what we're here the, for rob <laughs> <laughs> the parrot and i actually i'm not looking properly at the website i was looking at sjx's site which had a good a good um a good rundown basically but um 
You, tell us more about that. That the the, the numbers that the, the typo the typographer the, the Canadian guy you use, right? Yeah. So that was another case where I had sat down to design numerals. I consider myself like I, I think I can make I can design a good watch. That's just my own opinion. And I was sitting there trying to come up with numerals, and I realized I have no experience doing any type. I have <laughs> so many problems with the typography that I see in really expensive brands. Mm-hmm. And like, what if I found a typographer that was in Canada that could do an amazing job? And I did a bit of research and I found this guy, Ian Brignell, and he's done a logo for so many huge corporations. Do you know, like the Paramount Pictures, like the, the yeah. movie company, yeah. you know, that beautiful script for Paramount? Mm. Yep. Yeah, he, he did that. And he's been designing letters since he was 13. And he has <laughs> such an incredible talent. And he, and he spent like four hours in our workshop just learning and, and like seeing the machines and his dad kind of like was a hobby machinist. And he, uh, he sent, he sent these back and he said he took inspiration from like the traditional shapes of old pocket watches with all the cutouts. Yes. Like the one has that cutout on the, on the top, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I, I I was, I I got, and I was like, Oh yeah, this is perfect. Like they're so cohesive. And, And this cool test he gave me when I'm looking at watch numerals is to pick like a random pair whether it's the two and the nine, the 10 and the three, and imagine them next to each other. And you have to be able to do that with every number and looks like it has to look like it's in the same family. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of watches fail that test. And you have to imagine like, why shouldn't any two numbers on the dial look like they belong together? It's um, uh, our colleague, Michael, mistakenly called them Brigger numerals. um, (laughs) Well, I mean, technically... Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, I think I'm going to have some of that. I think you'd be forgiven for looking at them at first glance. At first glance. Kinda, cause, yeah, because uh, yeah, I, I think I did the same. Oh, yeah, but you're, you're half... Oh, no, no, I'm I know, half a watchmaker. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Michael, no, I just want to have something to hassle him about. But yeah, they're, they're beautiful. Okay. I mean, I, they, they are nice. Um, and you're right, it's got to be coherent. The thing I liked most about both um, Carrie's models, when he did, he did a bunch of... Uh, Roman numerals doesn't use anymore, which I really loved, and also uh, Thomas Pressure cutting his own numerals. You know, it's unbelievable. Yes, that is yeah. so, so nice. And you see them up close and, and how it's done, and the, the, so the details, you know, with the wire cutting. It's, it's so yeah, well done. That's good. That's um, and it, it's fair enough. I mean, getting a local, a local type, type uh, per, um, expert. I mean, it's a good solution, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So it was another case where I didn't want to insist on saying I made the numerals. And they don't look as good. And I guarantee you they would not look as good. <laughs> um, so that was that was a lot of the kind of the, like the method of, or mode of operations behind the Paragon. It was just about delivering like every detail incredibly considered and finding the best people to do something. Or if I can't find them to do it as I want, then I'll do it myself. So the, so the hands are the, the only part that you make from scratch. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it takes so, how many hours per hand? If it's a good day or a good week, uh, 20 hours a hand. Did you like my costing breakdown? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you got to charge per hour. It's pretty yeah, easy. You, you were saying it was a bargain by the end of it, weren't you, Rob? Yeah. I found, yeah. That, I found that really funny when you circled around. Besides the movement value being quite off, uh, yeah, yeah, I found exactly. it funny being like, oh, he might be making like 25%. I'm like... <laughs> I, I do think there is the the one criticism I'll, I'll give you guys is that 
I think there's a tendency to focus on like taking the components out of a watch and prescribing the value. And I think that works for like big brands, like for big brands, that's the best thing you can do and be like, Oh, this brand offers X for this. Why is this different? If there's no substantial reason, of course I'm right there with you. Um, but when it comes to like a smaller production piece, you know, I need to make a living. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then some. There, there's like, <laughs> you know, uh, that's all I'm trying to do. And if, and if I did show you, um, as you guys request my tax information, <laughs> yeah, you'd see, I, I'm like, I'm not charging an arm and leg. Yeah, and yeah, especially yeah. if you consider like the design work that goes into making 12 pieces. And I didn't do 12 pieces just to say like, oh, it's exclusive. It's mostly because I want to just focus on the next year on this model and then start to work on something else. I think you're right. And pe people aren't there in the moment when you're weeping because you've buggered up another <laughs> hand. Yeah. And you realize you've got to start the whole 20 hour process all over again or kind of fix whatever it is you've, you've done wrong. But I, and I agree as well about people should look at larger brands more and have that kind of breakdown and think about, ah, what am I actually getting for this amount of money? But I think people can do that as well with independent watchmakers. Okay, I'll, Rob got slightly off or a lot off with the price of the movement. But I think once <laughs> look, you have a breakdown, you, right. yeah, once you have a breakdown of, of stuff or have a rough idea, and then you think about one person kind of even just putting the watch together and doing finishing on it, I think you can still think, okay, if they make a certain percentage on it, that's going to be enough for them to have a standard of living. It's not like you're driving around a Ferrari all the time. It's that's You're not going to be able to do that for 12 watches. And that isn't why you get into making 12 watches anyway. You don't yeah. get into to have that that lifestyle. Otherwise, you'd go and do, you'd go and do something else. So I think it can yeah. be applied to more, but I think it should be applied more often to the, the larger brands than than the small guys. And if you do think about the small guys like that, you do need to think about the individual because that's the extra part of it is you get that individual connection to the, to the person behind the brand. Yeah, exactly. And then I think it's also important. I mean, fair criticism. If, if someone thinks my watch is too expensive, but I do think if you really dive into all the details that I've put out there and you compare it to what's like available in the market and, and you know, it's, it's not a do for movement. But it's a really well done movement. And what I think is cool also is that it's proven, right? Um, uh, Richard Meal uses it uh, and numerous others. It's been, it's been in production for, I forget how many years now, but at least five or six years. Uh, probably more than that, I think. There's, there's value to that in knowing that you're not buying a watch that was rushed out. Rob, you didn't like the movement, did you? Rob? <laughs> Uh oh, he's he's fallen off his chair. Oh, he's oh, on, no, mute. I had myself on, on mute. mute. Oh, oh, that's just, that's for Michael. That's for Michael. I had to put myself that's, on mute. I forgot. I think that's the most frustrating that. thing in the world. Like ever, ever since everyone's been Zoom calling since the pandemic, uh, <laughs> when you don't realize you're on mute and you think your friends are ignoring you for like two minutes, you're like, what is going on here? Well, I actually made some comments before, but you were ignoring me both. Of you and I thought you were okay. rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we were just ignoring you. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I said actually, what the first thing I said a couple of minutes ago was, what, what, how does a movement arrive at you? What do you do with that movement? Do you do, do you have anything to do with that finishing? Or because it's a finishing which sort of put me off a little. I'd love to show you the movement in person because the Geneva stripes you guys talked about, um, like That's looking really flat. thick or rough. No, they're not. 
I like. Yeah, Engineer they're actually Strikes. they're actually That's really really nice. They're smooth, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I actually realized. I, I think you've been thrown under the bus. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. You can throw me under the bus. I'm used to it. But but look, I look in, looking at this other photo on your website. I was looking at it on Miss JX's site, and and then I realized afterwards. Even after we're talking, after I talked to Alex about, it, I think it's probably after I hung up. I was thinking, hang on, you, they can look really really different actually than what they feel like. Basically. Sorry, yeah. If you look at that main picture on uh, on my website, you'll see. Yes. Because it's hard, it's hard to photograph them, but they, they yes. remind me if you have experience with like vintage Zenith or vintage. Um, from skipping my uh, my brain, a lot a lot of vintage pieces. Yes, I'm thinking. Um, I can't believe I can't remember it. Longine, vintage Longine. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They have those like beautiful Geneva stripes in their like forties, fifties, sixties movements. Mm-hmm. It really reminds me of that. Yeah, so it's really smooth stripe. It's not. There's no big. You yeah. can't feel them with your fingernail, basically. You were making it seem Rob like it was speed bumps or something. Well, <laughs> I was. From, like, I, yes, I know. I admit I was wrong, <laughs> and, and, and I should have known better. I should have known better than to say that just from a photo because I, you know, yeah, so it looked. On one of them photos looked pretty bad. I think I forget which whose site it was. I think it was on SJX's site. There's one that looks a much more. And you were going on about how much you like them looking like Venetian blinds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I think we're we're both wrong and both right. Yeah, that's um, that photo on your website, which I didn't, which I hadn't looked at, looks looks much better. But I'm still not keen on the 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 interior angles and the whole the whole um, chamfer. It kind of maybe it's again you have to look at it and see it in the flesh in the metal. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I mean that's that's fair. If you don't like the shapes of the movement, that's that's all right. I, I I like them a lot. I think they're really classical. Yes. Um, yeah. And and the, the interior angles are so well done. Like they're not before, they're not Kari. Yeah. But if you um have you seen like the really close up picture of them? Yeah, there's a there's a one on your website, yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, let me Because that one the 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 Yeah. The thickness of the chamfer chamfer at the angle, I'm getting into sort of diving down into details here, but at the actual angle itself is quite a bit thicker than the rest of it, basically. You know what I mean? It's yes, of, yeah, it, yeah. It it it, it um Sort of feathers in quite a bit, and which, which I'm not. hundred percent. Yeah, I guess we. I mean, they're not. They're not do it differently. Um, I guess I don't know. It's not that I'm. No, but it, you know, they're well. not the best. They're not the best. It's not the best anglage in the world. Um, but if you actually look at where the corner meets, yes. it's really, really consistent. Yeah, and yep. that takes time. That takes a yep. lot of time. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, but um, apart from that, I mean. Do you get a little bit of um, rotor, rotor, what's it, a little bit of noise, a bit of sort of with that movement? Um, yeah. So the trick with that, um, my friend at Patek, uh, mm-hmm. there's the 240 movement, which is the micro rotor. Yep. And most watchmakers will put a tiny bit of 9010, which is a, yeah, a watch okay. oil. Yeah. Just yeah. a tiny, tiny, tiny bit on the zirconium bearings, and it quiets right. it right down. Right. Okay. I You're not supposed that. to oil zirconium. No. by technical <laughs> definition but pretty much everyone does it that's because it was a i always thought it was um a problem with my rm33s because it was too too it was all skeletonized it was too light um but then i i should have tried that basically yeah if you <laughs> no, just no, put no, like literally like like an escapement oil amount yeah like a really yeah, yeah. really tiny yes. and you, you might it'll probably cut the noise down by half brilliant okay Nice. So, how did that come about? Getting Vorsche movements. You, you, you met people over there. Obviously, you talked to people in Vorsche. Um, yeah, Vosche? yeah. Vorsche for me. So I actually, I think I was a strange customer for them because I wanted to buy one at the start, <laughs> um, and they're like, 
no. <laughs> uh, but they sold me one as a deposit at a much higher price. And then I took, I drove it back to my school and I took it apart. I, uh, I, I rented a bench from them for a couple of weeks while I drove around Switzerland. And I took it all apart and I was really impressed with how it was made. I mean, you, you have experience with the Richard Meal version, right? Mm, um, yeah. Mm, yeah. It's a well-made movement. Yeah. Um, and they do a lot of things right. And, and it, for me, it just, it reflected, it, it was an option where I didn't have to make the movement or yeah. have yeah. like 10 unique movements made, mm-hmm. uh, which is incredibly, incredibly expensive. Yes. Yes. And it, it runs really well. I, uh, yeah, it just checked all the boxes. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of a bit jealous. Um, I mean, or upset that I didn't do it first and get, cause that's, that's the movie <laughs> I would have, would have looked at. I don't know if you know guys, you know, Chris, um, Christoph, Christoph Velti at, at, uh, Vaucher. Um, he's one of the watch, he's the head watchmaker there. He's a good guy. And he, he, I've been talking, well, talking to him for years about getting one of these basically or getting some. And I, that's why I got my prices, which were totally wrong because I was asking for Torbjorn prices. Yeah. Um, uh, micro rotors. And I looked at, looked at that when I was, had drunk not enough. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a perfect move. I think it's, 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 it lends itself to really nice finishing as well. Basically. I think, you know, there's it, so it much does. space there. There's a bit of room for Anglage. You can do internal angles or not. Basically, you can have um, the, the the finishing on the Hermes one, for example, beautiful, stunning. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it, it's just that much space where it's it's a decent size. What's what, what's the diameter of these these watches? Uh, they're thirty nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, and then one yeah. one more thing before we move off the movement. Mm. Uh, so the rotor there is also made in Kari's workshop. Right. And it has the same guilloche as the dial. It's all done by hand. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. just another thing. The the basic one from Vaucher is in tungsten, uh, but that's mm-hmm. just another another thing. Yeah. I was like, how can we make this like the craziest? Basically, <laughs> I've got my drawer here somewhere. It's made out of platinum, I think. Oh, nice! <laughs> but that's probably um, I guess it's Ferrari. Um, You're so flat, Bob. You've got that idea of people all the time. Oh, hold no, on. Let I'm me check my it. drawer full of platinum. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna send it. I'm gonna send it over to Bradley. I want to send it over and you can have a look at it. It's, it's a cool little thing. It's not many grams yeah. of platinum, but still. Um, but that looks gold. That, that, class, that gold is classy with the gear charge. It's so nice. Okay. And, um, oh, sorry, Alex, did you have any? any yeah, yeah. To- I want to ask about the thing. So I, I actually, I like the, the dial. I think the it's just the right amount of kind of flair on it, if you like. There's not, it's not over the top, but you can tell it's quality. I like the hands. So the two things I didn't like, and I, I thought I'd I like the movement as well. Like Rob said, everyone likes a, a micro rotor. Everyone that's appealing to everyone. Do you want to talk us through the crown, which is something we did? I would love to. About. I would. I, I can't wait to talk about the crown. I'm surprised. <laughs> I mean, you must have when the Omega Seamaster came out and everyone was going on about the helium escape valve. When people were complaining about that, what made you think, hmm, yeah, everyone's <laughs> complaining about that. I should use that as my actual crown shape. Yeah. Well, well. also, you guys are wondering how I got the 120-meter wand resistance, right? Mm, yeah, because it's screwed down. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I have I have no? three helium escape valves in the watch. Right. Great. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just messing around. Oh, no. God, I was like, how did we miss that? <laughs> I was staring at the window going, hang on. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, no, so um, the crown is screw down. And there's a big difference between um, the shape of crown when it doesn't have a screw down crown because what you're always trying to do is you think you slip off of it. 
But what you can actually do is you gently push into the watch when you unwind it, and it feels wonderful to use. And there's a, there's a ridge around it too, so even if you have like really small nails, it's no problem to pull out. So you basically push into the watch and unwind it, and it pops right out pops to the out. point where it's super yeah. comfortable to operate. So the, the look of it is just down to the usability, or did you like that kind of conical shape? What's the... Yeah, I, I find it incredibly comfortable. And also when you're wearing it too, um, it's not super low to the wrist. It's a pretty typical position on the case, but yeah. because it's rounded too, if, if you ever do bend your hand back or anything happens, like there's you never feel the crown. Mm, okay, yeah, that's a good point actually. Okay, it's that's actually, that. Scroll no, off. Scroll no, that it's off. Not. List. No, it's not. No, okay. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I haven't checked that off yet. <laughs> it actually reminds me of a kind of a the, the Lundy Blue uses a rounded version of that sort of shape, but without the without the grooves, you know, without. But it's kind of coherent with the the lugs as well. Actually, now I'm looking at yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I look at it more when we were talking about it in the first place. I didn't look Can't at it at all, Harley. I looked at someone's <laughs> website. Oh, what's this dude trying to do? And just just commenced this way, waded into a <laughs> kick, basically. And he's doing something we, we, we've never done anywhere near. Yeah, but no. he's still got to punch on. That's, that's the great thing about the internet. You just get out there, <laughs> slag everyone yeah. off. Yeah. And then they make, then you get a message the next day and you're like, oh, God, you guys <laughs> me on Instagram. That's okay, he's in Canada. He can't punch me in the face in the street. Okay, what about the um, case back screws? Oh, you like the case back screws, didn't you, Rob? No. No, well, I, I think actually, you're like, oh, it's based on a thing. Well, and... I did. I said, yeah, I had a second. I had a second go uh, where I did come back and say, actually, I do definitely understand why they were used, or I like that. I do. I just don't like the idea of accessibility for watchmakers. That's all. Um, but then, yeah, again, so you know, it's a small. Give, give us your give us your take on it. Yeah, so it's actually really like I think it was you that mentioned it was easy to make um, a screwdriver yeah, to get tool. into it. Yeah, yeah. But basically, all you have to do is file um, like a small rod of brass, and then you're in there. Yes. Um, so I didn't want to like make it exclusive. In fact, like if anyone has a problem with one of my watches, I'm happy mm -hmm. to ship parts or like yeah. find a local good watchmaker to take care of it instead of having to deal with customs and shipping. Well, that changes um, everything, basically. Yeah, it changes everything yeah. for after sales service. It just makes it, and it doesn't matter if you've got weird. I mean, they're not weird screws; they're kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, and especially with the Canadian. Oh, sorry, give us the Canadian connection there as well. Yeah, so they're actually invented by a guy named P.L. Robertson. I think it was 1908. And at the time, there was just a flathead screw, if you can imagine. If you can imagine having like an assembly line and everyone's using flatheads and slipping off and scratching and damaging everything. It just sounds like a total nightmare. Uh, so he invented that before the Phillips, before anything else, um, as a way to keep the actual screw on the bit. So it's a Canadian invention, which is pretty cool. And it, it's... It spawned eventually the Phillips screw because he didn't want to license it to Ford. Mm, um, okay. And then yeah. from there you get Torx and all the other fun ones. But it's actually, so in Canada, if you buy any construction screws or anything for like DIY at home, it's all Robertson. It's all Squarehead. Wow. Yeah, I did not huh. know that. To That's this day. So it, it, and it is actually like the risk is not stripping out. Um, mm. If you tried it, you'd see... You get just as much purchase as a flathead, if if not more. You don't actually have to worry about slipping out at all. They must be a little bit more. Well, it's a different way of making them, manufacturing them themselves. It's like a that have to be molded or whatever. I mean, it's not like a just a you know grinding a, a thread. I mean, a, a slot across a screw. Is it? It's kind of um, yeah. So there's, there's the actually a forming is, tool. Yes. Okay. And and it actually stamps the head to create the square. 
then they send it to me oversize and then I turn it on a lathe and, and then black polish it and I sandblast the inside, like the actual nice. recess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Black polishing. So tell us about that. How do you, how do you, um, what else do you black polish? Uh, so the actual like... bosses of all of this, all the hands are black polished. And that's another thing when it comes to like handmade hands are one thing, but there's different levels of that. And these are multi-components. So there's the boss and then the actual flank and the flank has to be shaped, polished, and then on some versions tempered. And then the central boss has to be like, there's so many facets. There's an outer bevel, a black polished top, an inner chamfer. And then you have to make sure that you fit it right to the watch. So when you're pressing it down, you don't get halfway and then realize you have to make a new boss. So it's, yeah. they're not always fun to make, but I, I do enjoy making them. <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I black polish uh, all the case back screws, all the bosses for the hands. Um, and then I don't really consider it black polishing if it's a rounded surface, no. uh, but I do polish the entire case besides the case back. Right, okay. Uh, which is yeah, a circular yeah. grain. Well, I guess it's not, yeah, I mean, really, you can't black polish round stuff, right? I mean, the Swiss would Some people say you can. I, yeah. Who's that? We'll call them I up. don't Get know how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want any more angry Instagram messages wrong. <laughs> you're really, I mean, you, you, you're exaggerating. Like, we actually said, I, I had a lot of good, good things to say about this watch. It's just that I, I was. You gave it three and a half. Yeah, you get like three and a half or four uh, Rob scores, I believe. I did say three and a half, and then he thought he brought it back to three. And, uh, sorry, three and a half to four. I was like going towards the four, but anyway, I'm not going to try and justify myself now. Listen, to, that's to, the only time we've ever used the Rob Fest scoring system. Okay, so far <laughs> well, was, out of 150 odd episodes, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why it came into my head at that particular <laughs> time, but so it was the first ever three and a half to what was it three and a half to four rob fests out of five mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. i mean yeah, yeah yeah as i said the the figures speak speak for themselves um, i wish you so, just drop this rob fest thing but anyway no so <laughs> the um so kind of out of everything do you want to can you just give us a quick run through of everything that you do kind of finishing to on the kind of watch as a whole just to give again give people some idea of the kind of the value that's there yeah, for sure. Uh, so I do, uh, like I said, I, I do all the case back screws. Um, and each one takes actually a while because there's, you have to bead blast the interior, black polish, then chamfer the outer edge. And I even polish the tip of the thread. And then I finish all oh, the hands. Uh, the hands are definitely the most time consuming part. Usually takes about a week and a half to make a set. Uh, actually, each one will need to be retempered probably three to seven times just to get like a consistent color. Uh, and then the case is all completely polished. Um, and that can take a day or a little more than a day. So that's, that's what I do besides designing everything and, and finding the right people to make it. And selling them and, and doing the Instagram stuff. and Yeah, yeah. Terrible yeah. podcasts. Terrible um, podcasts. So <laughs> what would you say, this might be more of a difficult question, what would you say your watch is comparable to out there on the, the market that other people, because I guess when people haven't seen your watch in, in flesh, like it's sometimes difficult to kind of, because you don't really, you never really know with a watch until you hold it in your hand. You can't really sense the quality and, and stuff in it. So would you, do you have any, are there any watches out there that you think, okay, this is the kind of standard that I'm building a watch to that other people would, would 
listeners would be able to connect it to? It's a hard question because um, I've had some uh, clients who are kind of considering, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Kikuchi Nakagawa, uh, as two Japanese watchmakers make a, some really interesting stuff there. It's challenging though, because if you just take the qualifiers of an engine turn dial or guilloche dial with applied numerals and then handmade hands, um, what are your options? Mm. Mm, true. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there's nothing, nothing in this <clears throat> price point that I'm aware of. I, I, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess and some of them are still using, yeah, they're still using third party movements. So I do, I, I that, sorry. I was just going to say the, it was the, an even more, it was an even more difficult question than I thought it was going to be. So good, <laughs> good job, Alex. I, <laughs> no, it's true. You don't have that much. I'm, I, and I, um, the, for me, I keep coming back to the, 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 the dial is with the, the little sub dial like that. And just the, I like how I'm a bit over all full gear shade dials. And that's why I like that little bit around the edge. It's just with the railway track. It's just it's, it's perfect. I think it's just a nice little, it's a nice, yeah, nice that's amount what I was saying. Like it's shows. just the right amount of flare on it. Mm. It's just, it kind of catches your eye and you're like, oh, there's something, yeah, something different than others. That's a ring right on top of the dial. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, well, thank you guys. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a ring. The dial is actually three components without the numerals. Yes, I um, Yeah. So, mm. and then it's all joined together. Because to, to guilloche, you have to take that separate piece out and just yeah. do the actual turning on it and then yep. you have to color it um, and then code it. So I've actually, I've never seen a dial because guilloche is obviously very expensive, mm -hmm. uh, just used as kind of like a border. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to just use it almost like a chapter ring or a border and put the most expensive element of the dial there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's where the cool. idea come from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got, I've got one more question, I think, and then I'll probably have another question, but um are there any things that customers, if they're going to buy a watch, that do you do any kind of kind of modification or customization that people can see? I know you. I know they've got the choice of um, kind of colors, and they can have the hands blued or not or purpled. But is there anything else that you do or you can do for people for these kind of all these twelve Canadian millionaires who come and ask you? <laughs> For specific things is there anything else that you can do to kind of yeah well ac actually so none of none of the people that have depo put deposits down are canadian oh really oh. yeah <laughs> like uh, mostly mostly us and asia i wonder what happened to those 12 canadians i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um when you say Asia, I mean, if, if Japanese start buying, I mean, Jap that's, that's that's for me, it's the highest accolade really of a watch. If the Japanese, me, love me it. too, yeah, I yeah. Mean, and I, I, I try not to disclose too much about, but there is no, no, definitely no. a Japanese yeah. client on there. Brilliant, well done. Okay, which I take as a great compliment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's uh, that's up there. Okay, so um, and have you tried? Sorry, what was I mean, what was the other question there? What was the question? <laughs> uh, good question. Uh, yeah, is there anything you <laughs> can modify for people? If people say, "I want a different." shade of dial that you don't already do or i want like what is there anything else you can you can change up for people or have you had anyone ask to to change things up yeah 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 so i i'm i'm happy to do any color in the book um i have um i still have some people deciding but i might be doing a green one which would be really cool uh i'll, I'll make any color people want the only thing that i ask for is that 
uh, legibility is maintained to some degree. So yeah. with that, like if you want a dark dial, it, I'm not really on board to do purple hands because it need. I I think the primary purpose of any watch should be legibility, um, and that's yeah. all that I try and maintain. But besides from that, I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of cool watches that you can't read very well. So (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah, they can, they can pick the hand color, a hand temper, color of the dial. Um, I'll entertain like custom guilloche patterns if that's of interest. Um, But you're not going to change other things like along those lines. Like I'm very happy Mm. to do that. You need to ch- keep the DNA, though, right? I mean, I mean, it's okay. Okay, it's only a first, yeah. first, first model. But when going forward, I imagine you'd we'd want to keep certain aspects, um, you know, to, to to identify the watch, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about different case materials, or is that kind of? Yeah, that's that for. I've had that asked a couple of times. It's just stainless steel for now. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of the vision of the Paragon was like I would go away to a friend's cottage or or go away for a weekend. And then I'd be worried about my watch the whole time. I'd be, I'd worry about getting it wet. I'd worry about, you know, you can't change leaving it anywhere, but the only reason I would leave it somewhere is because I didn't want to get it wet or get it damaged. And that's why I do really love stainless steel as a case material. Like I don't have to worry about it all day. I've worn gold cases before and just looking at them scratches them. And that's not to say like, I won't do something in gold or precious metals in the future, but um, the costs of making just one or two cases. I mean, the cost of making 12 cases is already really high. Yeah. Um, but to make one or two is really, really expensive. Okay. And last, last, last question. <laughs> what are the plans? What have you planned after this? Because you can see, actually, if you look at the watch before this uh, that you made with your partner, you, c- you can kind of see, I mean, this is, I would say, another, it's a totally different level in my mind, but you can see kind of a progression from that to where you are now. So are the plans in the future just to continue on with this or do you have other ideas that you can share with us? Yeah. Yeah. And and thank you. I think like, no, there's no book on how to, you know, start a small watch company or the first watch I designed like the actual reference one, I think is really cool, but it's also, it's very one dimensional. Um, the hands are flat, the dials flat. And that's because I designed it with this perspective head on, like looking at it and, and not considering that you view a watch at all angles. And then that development took place. And then the Paragon is really about, yeah, I would, I, uh, it, it's about the next kind of evolution of that design the next steps I, I haven't completely nailed down, but I do want to start modifying movement components. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's still, it's still uncertain, but uh, it's, it's what I'm brainstorming quite a bit now. I guess the good thing about doing your own thing is that you're in charge of your own destiny, right? That's the, the incredibly intoxicating thought Yeah, for a lot of people to, oh, you just get to do, I mean, you have to, make things ideally that people want to to buy and i think i can understand now why you listened to our last podcast and you weren't too offended and you were happy to come on here and have a chat with us because when you're talking about the previous watch and now this one and watches are viewed by from all angles and the the last one what do you say it was more kind of two-dimensional yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Like, I, so for you to be able to look at that and 
see that and then know that that's something you have to work on for this one, it's a very exciting prospect to see what's going to come after this one. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that you're, you're dead on. Um, and it's about like improvement, right? It's about like, there's a lot of creativity at the start of the design process, but the, the final part is just like adjusting things very slowly. And it's like, it's a process of making sure everything's balanced and everything looks right together. Yeah, it's, it's all about evolution. Rob, have you got any other questions? Sorry, guys. I was actually just sort of offline there for a second. I was oh. fed, FedEx calling about something, and I was kind of listening with one ear, so I do apologize. I missed, <laughs> I missed, was I it a, your good ear, though, or your bad no, ear? No, that's the problem. I, I, missed, I missed five minutes of the conversation. I do apologize. Um, no. What was the question? <laughs> My question was, do you have any other questions? No, not really. Um, I was curious whether Bradley had tried different hands or just, you know, experimented with different Breguet style hands or whatever, you know, like I, I like, I like Carrie's modern version of a Breguet hand basically, but then you know, there's a lot of work in them, obviously. Or do you sticking with that, the design you have basically? Yeah. Yeah. For, for now, for sure. I, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I think that's a super subjective thing. Like I could find you yes. lots of people who hate Carrie's hands. I, I mm. love them. Mm. Um, yep. But I think that's also part of design that I've recognized as well is that, my first work, I designed it, and ninety nine percent of people liked it. Yeah, that's they good, were like, "Oh, this is cool! Like everything looks right." But like doesn't mean someone supports you and buys it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, like I'd rather have ninety five percent of people hate my watch, and five percent of people love it, because the five percent of people will will buy one. Yeah, it's okay. like our podcast, Rob. Five <laughs> yeah. percent of people will buy. No, two percent of people might listen for for a few minutes. Everyone else hates our guys. Yeah, um, I no. like the hands. The hands are great. They're the second my second favorite hands, other than the ones I got on my wrist just now. <laughs> I think the hands are. I wouldn't change anything about the the hands. They're kind of strong, and there's a kind of they're slightly delicate as well, but. And they're different from other things, but they're not too crazy. So I really like the hands. I wouldn't, and I, I can't think of other hands that would look. I guess you don't know, right? But I, I couldn't imagine other hands on it now. No. When you've seen it like that. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that, that's the test that that they work. Um, but I can't tell you how much work it is to like design a pair of hands that don't look like someone else's, Somebody else's. Yeah, mm. true. but also look good whether you think they look good or not but for me they do and like that's the amount of hours that go into that it's just you know it's it's a lot just um uh, you might have talked about this already but the, the case with those lugs and stuff i guess that's that's uh inspired by vintage watches right or how did you come around that to that that design for the lugs yeah, I uh, I just wanted to add more feature, and I find lugs are often very simple, mm-hmm. and they can look really nice. But I looked at the lugs as a place to also express the DNA of the watch, instead mm-hmm. of just being, you know, connection for the strap. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was adding that kind of like scallop section. And what the scallop also does is it kind of cuts the weight of the lugs in half. So if you look head on at the watch, if you look at just the intersection, it looks like the regular lugs of a watch. And then yeah, if you okay. see the scallop part, depending on the different light, so it creates this really dynamic effect when you're wearing it, which is really nice. Can you say whether it's, is the case made locally? Where, where, whereabouts is that? Is that like I mean, a steel case? 
Is it made in Switzerland? No. You're close. I, I can't. The one thing oh, I can't okay. talk about okay. is my case maker. Okay. Because yeah, okay. Um, there's some technology that we're working on. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. That's mm, basically intrigued. European at least. Yes. Mm. Nice. Oh, nice. yeah. One one, uh, one thing I, I forgot to touch on was the strap. Um, oh, yeah. You guys, mentioned, like it, strap. You guys yeah. mentioned it was like an asbestos strap. That's uh, only because Rob sells this back straps. That's trust me, always... it's nothing to do with your straps. It's not. It's not. No, 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 no. So, so it is asbestos. Uh, in Canada, in, in Canada, we use it for everything. Brilliant. Uh, no, so, so it's actually it's just Leading like a really cheap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's our environmental goals, you know. Um, so, the strap is garbage. Actually, it's just a really cheap uh, crocodile print strap. I realized mm. I had nothing in twenty millimeters. Right. So okay. yeah, you're you're spot on to say the strap doesn't look good. I'm, you I'm need still some trying strap. to find. We got something right, Rob. We got you something need... right. We were right. <laughs> yes. Indication. Mm, okay. Maybe. Uh, but will you have it? Will you be? A, will you have a croco strap? I don't like croco straps, but that's just me. I'm very classic, and it's. Um, I just don't yeah, like I'm not the whole Sides head work. The, the yeah, I'm not big on Sides either. I, yeah. I like. I don't mind alligator. Um, mm. But I'm going to definitely offer, so everyone gets to select the strap they want to. So I'm offering one of the straps that comes with will be a water assistant one. Um, Ooh, and, and Hirsch makes the, like the best water resistant straps that they have a hundred meter water resistance for alligator or other, other leather. hundred meter water resistance. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what and about then the other one um, to 120 meters. So what what happens at final 20 meters when explode. people are diving? Well, the warranty the warranty only goes down to 100 meters. Once you go past the 100, uh, then you're in trouble. You're <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. call us. <laughs> yeah, um, I I hope I, I don't hope it'd be. I actually have a diving friend who's going to take one down. Um, I just think it'd be funny not not to do like some cool advertising and be like, yeah, our watches are hardcore. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be funny to see like a dress watch, like 20 meters. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you can do it. Yeah. I love yeah. that idea. Mm-hmm. And then the well, other think... strap is just going to be something with like an artisanal maker. I'm still talking to a few, but um, I think it's like when you work for a company in service, like you're like, wow, this company's amazing. And then you start servicing their watches and you're like, oh no. And <laughs> they just, they just don't meet your expectations. And you see problems that don't make any sense. I, I found that with straps as well. So I'm yes, I'm trying to find like the best strap maker I possibly can because once you start like really looking at the stitching, and you're looking at the consistency of the padding and the skin, and the, it's there's a lot to be desired from a lot of strap makers. Is there? I, I mean, is it a, an option to source Canadian leather and send it to a strap maker? That's what I'd be doing. There is a special strap that will come out, or caribou uh, or something like that. That is that is very very Canadian. Mm, okay mm. maple syrup strap mm, okay yeah yeah fossilized okay. maple syrup yeah <laughs> i like the way you're thinking cool God. i think i think you've i think you've uh you should be very proud of what you've you've done and i did see uh, i think when we were talking about it in the last episode and and bob was saying oh i would have done this differently and i would have done that differently oh did you and not say that did I say that? You did, you did say that. Um, <laughs> and I said, well, I think he's made the watch that he wants to make, yeah, which exactly. is what everyone would want to do. Rob wants to do it. Yeah, I'd love absolutely. to do it. Michael would love to do it. Everyone I know who's into watches mm, yeah. 
would want to make a watch in their vision. So if this is your vision of a watch, I think it's a, a great a great achievement. Other than the helium escape valve crown, the weird screws in the back, but everything else, <laughs> like I th- honestly, I think I think you've done I think you've done really well. So thanks for coming on. And, Thank you. No, and that, I it. mean, and I, I appreciate you guys talking about me in the first place. It's uh, <laughs> you know, we like to plug the small guys, you know. Yeah, exactly. As well, and especially if you can take some some shit, which you obviously. Oh can. yeah, <laughs> like that's you're okay in our book. That's for sure. And yeah, we do we do tend to focus more because I guess. The big guys get so much airplay and airtime because they have the money behind it. So we tend to, even though we do, you have to talk about them sometimes. I guess we prefer to give some love to the the kind of the, the smaller people who don't have that kind of big marketing budget behind them, and but who you can have actual more access to rather than speaking to a CEO who doesn't really have anything yeah. to do with it or somebody from the marketing department who doesn't know how to wind a watch. Like, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice when we can have that connection with people. So yeah, thank, thanks very much for, for coming on. No, of course. And, and I, I applaud you guys for doing what you're doing too. I mean, I, I was listening to fifth wrist. Like I said, I don't listen to as many podcasts anymore, but um, a long time ago, and there's not a lot of watch content out there that I feel is very genuine. There's a, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of people going for us yeah yeah (laughs) and there's there's a lot of good stuff out there but there's also like there's a lot of challenges in watch journalism and i understand why companies you know they do sponsorships and and take funding and but at the same time it's it's challenging right it's 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 still easier to do than what you're doing i think so i think we've got the easy part of the job um, so far just perhaps yeah like like no no one does Oh yeah, like, no, no one does what I'm doing for money. Uh, th- this would have been the stupidest decision. Like going to watchmaking school in, in first place. Like yeah. I spent so much money. I spent as much edu- on my education as my girlfriend did, and she's a lawyer. Um, <laughs> let's just say we make you very different right the salaries. girlfriend choice. So that's yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> you should be. It's like Rob yeah. with his Swiss banker wife. Like you guys. Have, oh, nice. Have yeah. got it. You guys have got it. made a right good choice. It's the George Daniels method, right? You have to find a wealthy woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she wasn't wealthy for very long after I met mine. Anyway. <laughs> um, you want to do well, some... Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, do you want to do some Instagram recommendations? Uh, if we must. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bradley, are you aware of our Instagram recommendations? Segment? I am. You, and you brought along a drink, so you're... You've kind of, you've I did, yeah. There. I wish bringing a drink to other places made me look prepared. But that's not the case. Yeah, so initially, my my first idea was to say, like, spend five minutes off Instagram and just close your eyes because I spend way too much time on there, especially with pandemic and all this crap. Um, but I was going to shout out my uh, my watchmaking school because they post some cool stuff. If, if you're into, like, you know, I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty deep into the watchmaking world um, and independent watchmaking. They, they post a lot of cool stuff they do. And, and the students have access to about a million dollars in machinery. It's called KHWCC, and then it's underscore official. But if you just look up uh, KHWCC. Um, do we, do we not all follow that cool one already? Alex, I think, right? Um, yeah, that's uh, I, I don't want to make you, I don't make you feel bad, but everyone, we follow that already, I think, right? 
everybody. Yeah. Have you have um, you got another one? We'll still take that one if anyone hasn't followed <laughs> KHWs KHWCC underscore official, right? Yep. Yeah. That's another one. one. Have you got an have you got another one that maybe people haven't? Because yeah, I think we're all over Henrik's school. Yeah. Because yeah. Michael um, bangs on about no. that time. That's no, your that's only Instagram that? friend. It's your only Instagram friend. Know, don't make I him. Know. Alex does this no, all the time. He makes listen. you feel bad. He, ma- he just ha- hammers on about it. <laughs> and thinking, and I just can't. Just you, Rob. I can't because I bang on about it all the time with you. So I can't have a guest on and not give a have a go at Bradley about it. Stick, so. Okay. <laughs> okay, Rob. Will, Rob will uh, take one for the team now and, and redeem you through his excellent choice. Who have you got, Rob? Bradley, do people actually ever call you Brad? I should ask. This is the start of the podcast, really. Is it? Is it all good? So, like, I'm used to going by Brad. I uh, I accept both. I thought Bradley looked way better on the dial. I think it's just more sophisticated or something. Definitely, yeah. and also the the it matches the or not matches, but the weight of Bradley and oh, Taylor yeah, work well together. Yes. Okay. Call it BT. Does anyone call you BT? <laughs> no, but you can if you want. If that's. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll respond to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really keen to see one of these in the flesh. Anyway, sorry, let, let me, let, I will propose, uh, what have I got for Instagram? Have we all, already followed Time, Peace, Love? Does that sound yes. familiar, Alex? Yeah, very. Bugger, 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 bugger. Okay. Um, well, follow me again. <laughs> I don't, I'm I just going for all, all ones we've already followed before. Well, I'll yeah, he can do it. Weren't you giving... <laughs> Were you giving me shit for not having a good one? Is that uh... <laughs> exactly? That's yeah, but Rob, this is Rob's fiftieth episode or something, so he should he should have his. Uh, That's what we've done. Right we need to actually just speaking of that. We need the episode numbers next to them so we know how many episodes we've done. Um, let, you go, you go with yours, and I'll find another okay. one. Okay. So Maybe. I'm going to go for night underscore watch underscore two one one one, and it's a guy called. Dave, he's actually a member of our Slack community. Dave? Yeah. He's done a okay. few reviews. I don't think they've been published on the site yet, but I think he's got a couple in the in the tank. And, yeah, he's got a, kind of a few Omegas, uh, a Nodis, which I kind of like, one of those vintage-inspired Longine watches with the lugs that are too long. But yeah, he's a really <laughs> lovely guy, and yeah, he's a member of our Slack community. So everyone, go give night underscore watch underscore two triple one a follow. Good. Um, have we had? <laughs> this is how it always, always a bad start when you start <laughs> off with "Have we had?" Then you know it's true. Okay, have yeah, we had? We have. Watch Zach. We've had him, right? Yeah. Oh, I, there's just too many. I, you know what? I'll, I don't. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Okay. Good job, Rob. Yeah, great job. Thank you. Give me a big pat on the back. Yeah, I don't like the the algorithm that keeps changing. You know, it just sucks. This isn't a therapy session, Rob. I just asked for an Instagram recommendation. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) Let's wrap wrap things up before Rob gets too upset. How does that make you feel, Rob? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He tells us all the time. I'm going to go on mute. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, BT, for coming on much much it was much my pleasure yeah thank, yeah, thank you coming. guys for having me on hope to have you on again in the future when you're on to your next yeah thing yeah. or yeah or maybe next time we say something offensive about one of your watches just 
definitely you know, come on here. Offensive. Yeah, if you yeah. want to invite me on, just uh, say something bad about one of my watches, and then I'll, I'll message you the next you. day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> who was that bad now? Who was that again that said that passed on the information to you? Actually, on Instagram, I could give him a shout out. He's a nice guy. DM DM Tiffany. That's mine. Hang on, that's mine. Hang on, mine. DM Tiffany. That's mine. DM <laughs> Tiffany timepieces. I, I actually started following him, and uh, oh, I think we've oh, got, got him already. If we're not, because he was on, he was on one of the episodes anyway. But now we know that he tells on us and snitches, so he's black. <laughs> well, he was anyway. very polite, I'm... actually. Yeah, but you should blackball him anyway. But he was, he was very yeah. polite. He's just like, oh, you should give this a listen. They're talking about your watch. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> What a terrible thing to pass on that information when people weren't entirely <laughs> pleasant about your thing. It's like saying, like, oh, I saw your wife hanging about with some guy outside the supermarket the other day. You might want to check into that or something. So, okay, he's, uh, he's scrubbed. Um, and just uh, while we're there, before we move on, I mean, I'd just like to, to why, why I said the wrong price was I was, looking, I was just to explain to the listeners, I was looking at Torbillon prices which are about six times more expensive than their standard non-tourbillon time and, you know, hour minute time. Not six. Not six. They're, oh, okay. they're, 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 they're quite a bit. Um, four? But it's more, like, it's more like three, three or four. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, they're, they're more expensive than I thought then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially um, the one that I have is recently designed by a um, really awesome Japanese designer. I can't recall his name, but it's the one with the internal corners and the kind of more classical shapes that, Yes. That just don't do it for you, you know. <laughs> well, no, it, 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 I could, I could just send me a, a, a raw one, and I'll do a better bridge for you. That's all. That's okay. I can. All right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Can I send you twelve? Uh, yep. Everything can be discussed. You know, this, is, <laughs> this is why you haven't made your own watch yet, Rob. I know. I know. Well, I was going to say, you guys, uh, if you guys thought you were, um, it was hard for me to listen to, and it wasn't at all. Seriously, it was. Uh, I'm just happy you guys were talking about it. The the best experience you can have is releasing a watch and then having it go in Hodinkee oh. and reading the comments. Cause that's, yes. yeah, that's that is tough for. stuff. Was it, uh, but you, I would have thought you'd have had good feedback on Hodinkee. I would have thought this would fit right into their kind of. So I actually base. haven't been on this watch. Hasn't been on Hodinkee yet. Um, they've expressed some interest. That. We're just going to see where it goes, but um, I've had previous watches going Hodinkee and the next morning you wake up with five or six sold, which is awesome. Um, but then <laughs> you read the comments the and it's like, comments, this is nice. This is nice. But, uh, but this is also wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And it's like a list of 50 things. And you're like, all right. <laughs> so like us, but worse. Okay. It kind of yeah. toughens you up though. Right. <laughs> Builds character. Yeah. It's like the, yeah, exactly. our, my favorite comment on our review of our podcast is still when someone said, do you know other people can listen to this? Which I think is <laughs> oh my God. the best. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> How great is that? But then the guy did come back later on and he deleted that. And now he's given us a, he went from a one-star review and then he gave us a five-star review and said, amazing content. So I guess we just got to him <laughs> over time. But I actually, pre- actually preferred the first review. We didn't get any I love, five I love star the one. first review. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. That was brilliant. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. I and where, where can people find all your all your stuff? Tell people all the, the places. Yeah, uh, so on Instagram, uh, BradleyTaylor.ca. And on my website, same thing. So it's easy. Yeah. And I'm happy to chat to you. I mean, I have um, 
I've had a couple people that were close to buying either one of my old watches or even a Paragon, but they decided it wasn't for them. And then uh, kind of like what you guys talk about, like small independent watchmakers, I've helped them like find a really awesome watch made by an independent right. because yep. that this is all that I believe in too. I think, I think a lot of the big manufacturers can offer some cool stuff. Um, but if you want like real value in watchmaking, it's, it's with the small guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What's next? Or when are you going back to Switzerland? Nothing's for a while. I mean, it's kind of all. Yeah, I, I would have. I would have been back last year, but yeah, same. Um, yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> I I hope I hope soon. Cool. Okay, well, we might catch up one day if our paths cross. Some one of us. Yeah, some, absolutely. some of us. Whatever. Yeah, Alex still wants to go to Basel World, but oh, hang on, that's not in them anymore. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you might have a hard time going to Basel World. <laughs> Did you ever so go then. to to Basel World? Yeah, I, I went three years in a row um, when I was oh, in school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from 2012 to 2015, and I watched the decline. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> I, 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 the first year I went, it was pretty cool. I spent most of my time with like HCI, kind of asking questions and bugging them, and being like, oh, "I'm a watchmaking student." And, and just kind of bubbling around and the next year it became less exciting and then the independent section was smaller. And mm. then it, the, there was my people I talked to that have been going for like 30 or 40 years said it used to just be a place you go to meet everybody globally in the watch industry. And it's like, you go to bars, have a lot of fun. It's more casual. Um, you get to see everything. Whereas when I was going, it was like, well, what I did is I, uh, I pretended to have a watch blog. So I Photoshopped my name under a heading so I could get I a press it. pass. So I got a press pass at Basel world. And then I was able to skip all the lines and see all the watches. Um, mm, and I didn't have to pay perfect. to get in. Cause I, you know, I didn't have a lot of money in school. So I saved the 60 franc entrance fee. And then I got to see the Jack A. Duo, uh, bird watch. The yes, guy brings out six of the bird watches. They're so cool. Um, <laughs> if anyone listening hasn't seen that YouTube video, this will be my Instagram recommendation, which is not Instagram. <laughs> a YouTube um, one. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Go go to YouTube and search uh, Jacques Duo if you can spell that. If not, just put in like D-R-O-Z and then bird watch. Um, I show that to everyone That's who cool. doesn't understand why watch can cost more than $1,000. <laughs> and then they're like, wow, okay. Um, yeah, they, they get it. But what's the water resistance on it? It's not much, is it? Not 120. I don't it? think so. Yeah. No. I always refer to it as the the Angry Bird minute repeater, just to, to <laughs> the Jackie Drill brand manager at work, which it seems to do the trick. Um, not, yeah, not that sure. any of the brand managers speak to me at work, but um, yeah, she's definitely high on the list of uh, fifth wrist haters. Um, it, is, it is a very cool. I know, I know the video you're talking about, and there's mm-hmm. a kind of is. I can't remember what Jackie Drew video is, but there's one where per, person's painting, and they're using their their thumbnail as like a, a color palette. Yeah, palette. And got, yeah, and they've got like a, a brush with two fibers or something on so it. One hair. Five yeah. cut. Yeah. Oh five yeah, colors. And it's just like uh, I, I remember watching that before I went for an interview with with uh, Daniel Wellington. And um, the uh, I was like, I was just blown. I was blown away. I was like, I'm probably going to be working on this next week. This is <laughs> this is amazing. But it is, I think I think that's a great thing to show people who, who question how a watch can cost more than a thousand dollars because that's 
it's it's not even art at that point. It's high, high, high art and crazy mechanics and everything kind of thrown into into one. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I remember uh, speaking of Daniel Wellington, um, my my friend graduated from our watchmaking school, and then he had a friend be like, "Oh, you can work for Gucci." And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what do you got to say now, Alex? What, is, what do people have to do? What, what do people have to time. do? Stay on time? Oh, no, 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 no. We've got to do all the other stuff. Got to see, I've, I've got distracted with the thinking uh, I, about I, how much everyone hates me at work. Um, <laughs> I've got to... <laughs> Go and check out Bradley's website and his Instagram. We'll Buy go watch. link that up in the in the show notes. Buy at, at least one of his watches. He prefers only Canadian customers. So scan, <laughs> the, scan the page of your passport before you put in the order. Um, follow us, Fifth Rest, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the other random places. If you want to join our Slack group and get involved in all the fun and educational and crazy conversations we have email us at contact at fifthrisk.com and please leave a wonderful review on itunes if it's offensive that's great as well but just make sure it's funny and offensive okay and if send me email to whack a changi and tell them they should be sponsoring us too that's (laughs) that's all i want to say okay stay on time